This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to a Snipper Nixon production. Welcome to Are You Feeling Funny? Where top comedians talk to a Harley Street doctor about their health and well-being. I'm Alan Nixon, and in today's edition, you'll be hearing guest comedian Norman Lovett as you've never heard him before. Well, I, I think I had a heart attack when I was 39. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a mild heart attack, and it was in uh, Peterborough. I haven't been back since. <laughs> Norman Lovett will be in conversation with Harley Street specialist Dr. Brian Kaplan, who has a passion for comedy. All comedians provide a service to people. Anyone that makes other people laugh, whether it's through a funny hat or dressing up or whatever it is if it makes people laugh it's having all those physiological benefits our guest norman lovett is a unique british comedian his style of deadpan stand-up comedy has been hugely successful on stage he's also appeared many times on television notably in sci-fi comedy red dwarf where he plays holly the computer now here's dr kaplan in conversation with norman lovett in this oh no sorry you've just taken your glasses apart (laughs) yeah that's right I've never seen that before. That's fantastic. Do, is that a special? I've never seen a pair of glasses. Well, they're reading apart. glasses so that you can hang them around your neck and then you is it mag- put them on. Is it a magnet? Yeah, there's a magnet in the middle, yeah. Wow. For some reason, you can't get them from any optician, but you can get them online, reading glasses. Fantastic. Well, yeah, you. there you go. That's something. You learn something new every day, <laughs> or you discover something new every day, and I've just done that. So, what we do is we chat about health things. Yes. And I'm an old-fashioned holistic style doctor. So I divide things into body, mind, spirit. So we'll go through those. But we'll only chat about things that you'd like to chat about. So we'll start off with physical medicine. And by that I mean any interaction with a doctor or a physiotherapist or an osteopath or any any issues that you had or an accident, emergency, any physical story where something funny happened or you felt yourself feeling funny? Well, I, I think I had a heart attack when I was 39. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a mild heart attack and it was in uh, Peterborough. I haven't been back since. <laughs> I would go back. They do comic cons down there. I wouldn't, you know, I'd, uh, they, if they said, come and do a comic con in Peterborough, I'd, I'd go. You're not you know, superstitious. It's silly to it. think, oh, well, I'll have a heart attack if I go there. It's silly. Um, so you say, you say it might have, you think, or you think it was? I did have a heart attack. Oh, you did? Yes, yeah, yes, it, was, yes. it was described as a mild heart attack, but it was painful. <laughs> so you fit and strong after yours? Well, yeah, I thought I was fit and strong anyway, because I played, before I became a comedian and started drinking, 
in a proper way and and I smoked some spliffs mm-hmm. I did smoke a few of those and then I started smoking through the tobacco in the spliff got hooked on the actual got hooked on cigarettes through spliff yeah. yes, yes yes so yeah and then I had a good eight years of that really how do you find that much. world of being in the world of comedy and the the substances that people use and alcohol how do you find it Well, also, it was that time of, it seemed like everyone was smoking dope at that time, mm-hmm. that that particular time as well. Um, and I did know a bunch of sort of hippies from Clacton, where I came from, Clacton, I see, and they all were in a band and stuff and smoked it. And yeah, I never, so they took some other drugs and stuff, which I, I said, oh, no way, I'm not getting involved in that. But the spliff thing, it seemed to... I quite enjoyed it. It seemed to be, it calmed me down. And I said, oh, I can hear music much clearer and better when I'm stoned, <laughs> which is a load of rubbish as well, you know, really, because I don't take anything now apart from coffee. Perhaps that's the most dangerous thing, although I've heard new news recently that it's not bad for you oh, at all. Oh, there's some protection of coffee. Yeah. It's good for pain. It's this. And there's more people gives... drinking coffee now than there's tea, and we're a tea-drinking nation, where we were, but now we're we, coffee. Yeah, we used to, when I came to England in 1982, they made coffee with instant coffee, you know, when oh, you bought tell, a cup of coffee. Tell you know? me about it. <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> there's people still do it. You've got to put the milk in first. Yes. And then you put a teaspoon, a gold blend I used to like, yes. put gold blend, and then you mix the milk in with a spoon, yes. and then you put the hot water in. And that seemed to make it perfect. If you put the hot water straight over the the granules, that was not good. So there's a superior That's instant a, coffee, yes. Accor- according to me, that Just is. heard yeah. from Norman Lovett, yeah. how to make a superior <laughs> cup of instant coffee. Yeah, yeah so I, I think I did punk, played with punk bands in supported punk bands as well yeah. so and then the comedy store came along later and midnight and you had to have a couple of drinks to go on well I did anyway with Alexi San and his gong oh uh, you could be gonged off yeah know? yeah you just think it could be the audience was there gong him off gong him <laughs> off but well thankfully that never happened and uh, but it was all learning but at the same time it probably wasn't doing me any good because I played football up until I was 30 Uh, amateur and mm. I and I thought I was good at cross country and I thought I had this really strong heart and it was such a shock mm. when, when I had that it was a hell of a shock and it, did you have to take medicines or you yes just, yeah um, I still I still do now but yeah. do you think it's been a good thing that you started being healthier since then um? well yeah I, I I'm I'm a bit overweight but I'm mm. I look yeah I'm, I look after myself I try to walk I walk a lot and I do some exercises and stuff yeah I, you know I want to Yeah, you've got to look after what you've got left, which mm. is what Sean Hughes failed to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's very sad. So I'm, I'm bringing this up because, sure. you know, he's just recently died at 51 and it's such a... I just think, God, I'm just coming up to 71. That's 20 years he could have had. And, you know, if I live to 81, 11, he could have had 30 years or 40. It's so sad, isn't he it? He was a personal friend of yours. In, well, in we the... we weren't really. I mean, I knew of him on the circuit. I knew he was this young Perrier wing, win, uh, winner and he was bright. You know, very friendly. Mm. But it was only about five years ago we worked together and we wrote a script called Sean and Norm. We wrote a pilot script. Mm. And it, unfortunately, it didn't come to anything. But uh, he wasn't well when we were writing that as well. It, it was just, you just, 
and he's telling me things and I'm going, no, you know, we're, I think when you're writing together, you're talking about your personal life and we got into a few disagreements about things. But one of the things I remember him saying was uh, comedians are messed up, he said, because they've got too much time on their hands in the day. And I thought, that's right. They've got too much time to think about things and it, that can lead to depression, you know. So, you know, if you're in a factory just doing this and that and you're having your tea, and it, it can be better. I'm not saying I wanted to do that. I did have mundane jobs uh, early on, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's always little positives and negatives about anything. Do you think you there's do. a uh, might be a dark side to comedy? The person who's funny, there might be a dark side that goes with it. <sighs> well, we're all... I don't know. You just—it's very competitive, isn't it? You—you mm. you can't help but not like, you know, like some and not like others, and wonder how they got that successful. I was thinking back to the Gong, Alexi's Gong, and I just wondered how your silence is. That you—you're the most patient comedian who can just be with the silence and be seem to well, be perfectly comfortable. But well, when I did that, I had a guitar. Mm-hmm. Like an acoustic guitar thing. I had an electric guitar thing. I had it plugged in on some of the punk gigs. And I just knew a few chords and I chugged along. I couldn't sing, but I liked John Cooper Clark. He was around. I knew John as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked Ian Jury, those lyrics. And I remember I had some I had some you know, I had some good punch lines in my lyrics that made people laugh then. And then one night I went went on and went did really well. Still hadn't got gonged. And I went on again that night without it just talking because I thought yeah I've got to get rid of this now and do some talking and I spoke about maturity tests at school we had maturity tests at the age of 11 Uh, unbelievable isn't it the PE teacher who was going around with a clipboard looking under your arms giving you a mark out of five for how mature you are if there's any hairs there at the age of 11 it was crazy and then we look at these things today and people go to jail for the things that we saw yes Yes. It's interesting that you mentioned the two people you mentioned, John Cooper Clark and um, Ian Jury, Jury, because both of them aren't exactly what they describe. In other words, John Cooper Clark is fundamentally a poet, actually. He's the poem. I love his poem, Chicken Town, actually. Yeah, smashing stuff. And uh, on stage, he's a really accomplished performer. He does jokes. He's great at jokes. He did jokes between the poems. It was funny. And that's it. So he's really funny and he's a poet. And, you know, you can read his poetry. And I think the same with Ian Jury. I felt seeing him at Glastonbury once, I think it was one of the best gigs I ever saw because it's not only the trombones and the wonderful songs, but some of those songs are really funny. They're comedic, yeah. Yeah, they're a good band, weren't they? And his lyrics were fantastic, yeah. 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 So any other physical uh, interactions of... Oh, I tell you, talking about comedy in being ill, when I had the heart attack, uh, I came off stage and I said, oh, to the bloke that runs it, I said, I've got that pain here. I said, it's like a heartburn thing. I had it yesterday for a while and it went away. And he said, well, let's take you down the hospital. We'll take you down. Went down the hospital and they immediately put me on a stretcher and wheeled me into a lift. And we went upstairs and I had a couple of nurses on each side of me and I was lying down like that. And we were going up and I said, looked at them and I said, I knew I'd go to heaven. <laughs> and they upwards. had to laugh. Going so upwards. you did it. I was. You're still doing. You're still trying to be funny, or you. You're still being funny. Yeah. You know, despite the fact that you. You just think 
I could die here. And when I got into the war, that war, there was a, dri a, a driver on the other side of quite a large sort of driver bloke and he died. He had a massive heart attack and he died. You know, he was dying in front of me. It was just, oh, you never forget things. Well, there's some people, you know, they look at a heart attack and they say the body's a big, a, a rough adjuster and it sometimes gives a person a warning in your case. You know, you've been well 30 years yes, yes. since it, but sometimes the warning is too much and it takes the person out and that's the yeah. end of that. I was very lucky there because at 41 I got married. At 41, Red Dwarf came along. And, of course, the most pr proudest thing is my my two daughters. Mm. I wouldn't have had them and I wouldn't have had may the, not all have the Red Dwarf. All of it may not have happened had you not had yeah, the heart attack uh, and changed the way you were. And I'd have just been forgotten about as some... Oh, that deadpan weirdo on, you know, eight years on the circuit. That's all I did. I hadn't done any television, really, I don't think. Had I? And you've, I you've enjoyed family life and everything. Yeah, I mean, yes. I, my daughter, I get on well with my daughters. They're mm. 27 and 25 now. I, I did a lot of cooking and washing and stuff. My wife had a job because my career was, it, it was sort of up and down, really. Mm. I had... And uh, yeah, and I went to Edinburgh to live for eleven years. That didn't help my career either. Is, but and that's interesting. Yeah. You say that because earlier you said comedians don't have anything to do in the day, and you were a bit of a house husband. For yeah, a while. that could have been good for me. Also yeah. good for you. Yeah, well, it's a great story for a doctor to hear. A man gets a shock and changes his life. He yeah. gets married, his career takes off, he's happy, he's balanced, he's fine. Well, I was very do. lucky to get married, really, because I, I was always quite a loner, really, and a bit scared of women. And uh, I was very lucky when I met Fiona as she worked at the Gilded Balloon. And uh, she was, I went up there and she said, get that Arthur Smith. He keeps trying to, you know, he's telling me jokes all the time, Arthur Smith. And I remember her moaning about Arthur Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, in the end, uh, we went out. We got, you know, we said we were talking about the penguin parade in Edinburgh. And even then, I couldn't ask her outright. I said, Oh, yeah, but I'd love to see that penguin parade. It's every Sunday at two o'clock, isn't it, or something? She said, Yeah. And I sort of went, Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. And she said, Well, should we go? Do you want to go? I said, Yes, yes, that'd be good. So even your <laughs> woman of your dreams asked you out? Yeah, yeah I still couldn't commit fully. <laughs> I just was scared. I was just a bit scared. I wasn't confident. Like some of the, dare I say it, Sean Hughes and certain comedians, just, you know, women fell at their feet, sort of thing. And Rick as well, Rick Mayo. I wasn't Mr. Pretty Boy. And tell me, after you were successful, though, did you have and married and everything? Then did you find that women suddenly were noticing you? Or? No, I never wouldn't have noticed it anyway. I just wouldn't have noticed. Probably it. happened, but you didn't but notice I, it. Yeah, I, I do like I like women. There's no doubt about it. I do. I, I'd love all. I mean, even at the age of seventy-one, my, my daughters are they're, they're very impressed. But Craig Craig Charles said to me, he said, "Oh, you're down with the kids, Norm, because I like Lana Del, Del Rey and." Marina and the Diamonds, a lot of today's music, and the, there's a new band on there called the, the, the Double X's. Have you mm, heard of I them? I don't know them. No. Oh, they're terrific. Uh, and uh, St. Vincent, St. Vincent, mm -hmm, she's really great nice. from America. I just listen to it and I just, oh, I love that. You know, I just like it. It's great. Like, anyone who doesn't like music is dead. You're listening to Are You Feeling Funny? I'm Luke Nixon. We love making the show, so if you love it too, please comment, rate, or subscribe on your podcast provider. Just sharing a link goes a long way. Selling a little 
or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Let's move on to any psychological stuff. Now, what I mean when I say body, mind, and spirit, the mind area, any interaction with counseling therapy helplines coaches workshops anything in that no. world nothing <laughs> that frightens you think of america don't you going to yeah. the shrink and woody allen yeah yeah, uh, yeah didn't 13 do it much, did, did it so you never do you ever talk about anyone else being anything in therapy? Else? No, no just the work <laughs> yeah, football music in the yeah. workshop in the workshop situation oh ever, yeah, yeah yeah that i would say that's the thing with Kitty. Kitty's my youngest daughter, yeah. said to me recently, funnily enough, I talk about my mother quite a lot. My father died when I, he was 45 mm-hmm. by accident, stroke, in brackets, suicide. Mm-hmm. And I was 21, and my, daughter, my sisters were much younger than me. I was like an only child. They didn't come along to eight or nine years, you know, after I came along. And uh, I was like a dad after that, and a husband in a way to my mother and my mother feeling guilty about things and she she came from she was italian from naples and she was a moaner perhaps that's where i got me moaning from i reckon and i just kitty said to me you should go and talk to someone about this you do talk about this quite a bit you it may help you but then i've spoken to someone else and he said you know it, it can make it worse it can also make it worse. Well, in this regard, I could quote our mutual friend, Arnold Brown. He says, most people say a problem shared is a problem halved, but surely a problem shared is a problem doubled. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's, there's truth in that. I know there is, but uh, yeah, it's, it's got me thinking now. I'm thinking about it now. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. Well, you know, the, the theme of... Um, psychoanalysis um, taken up by the New Yorker, the cartoons, is something like three 
hundred and something cartoons in the history of the New Yorker with a couch, with a sucker, and this with a patient on a couch. I suppose there might be just something funny in the visual of it. One person lying I know, and looking is, at the yeah. ceiling and another person sitting next to them. And it's just talking. a matter of getting the, the two lines in it right that are really yeah. funny. You know? Yeah, yeah, very simple. Yeah, it is a funny situation. I think I, think I try to, as a, you get your own philosophy or you think you've got your own philosophy, but probably it's all been said before, but I was saying, don't rush around. I told a woman once in Safeway or somewhere, I can't remember, she was rushing really far. I said, she hit, hit me, she, oh, turn around. I said, you're just rushing to your grave. That's what I said to her. And it's true, you know, it's true. Take every day, you know, but she was panicking about something, perhaps her car part had run out or, you know, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, take it. Take it easy. And also learn to laugh at death. I know that sounds silly, but mm-hmm. I'm a bit obsessed with that. Laugh at death. Tell me, what do you think about death? Well, we're all going to die. That's the deal. That's mm. the deal you get, you know. And also, I think I appreciate little kids now. I, I, I always did like little kids, but even we're on the tube when I see a little baby, I can't help but just look. Mm. And most of them look and laugh when they see me because I think I look like an old baby. Mm-hmm. Having no hair, and you—you you could be an old baby as well. <laughs> and uh, something to aspire to. I, I, yeah, I look at that, and you just think, "Yeah, that was me. That was me once." I never moan about if a baby's crying or something like that. Yeah, I told I told someone on the train once. You said it's, I sound like a bloke. I don't go around telling people off, believe me. Mm-hmm. But she was moaning about this going up, little baby crying, and I said to her, "I said you were like that one da- years ago, you know, and." Uh, she just shut up. She just shut up because it's true, you know. Just it is true, you know. Sometimes you drive through Kings Cross or sometimes CD streets. I hope I haven't insulted Kings Cross, and you see call girls. And sometimes I think you were someone's little baby when they cute girl at one point, you know. Yeah. And now I don't. I don't. Well, sex is one of the big in, biggest industries ever, isn't it? Sex and death, yeah. <laughs> and death. <laughs> sex and death. Yeah, death. Um, do you worry about your own death now, or do you think that going through that experience has been a Well, no, a I do, I, thing, I do yeah. think, um, you know, when's it going to be? Mm-hmm. I'd love to know. That would be handy. <laughs> but if we all knew, I mean, you know, you can meet someone, hello, how are you, all right? Yeah, well, not really, I'm going to die next week. All <laughs> oh, right, okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> I'll try and get to your funeral. Okay, <laughs> So leading from death into the spiritual now, so when we say body, mind, and spirit, and when I mean spirit, well, let's start off with the basic question, do you believe in God? Do, we're going to God now. No, no. I don't, no. But you were going to heaven when they'd lift yeah, in the hospital. I still yes. I went to ch- church till I was eighteen. Yeah, Sunday school, or and I was confirmed. I was Church of England. Meant nothing to me. My father was the black sheep of a religious family. He was. Yeah. Yes. Two. He had two sisters that, and my grandmother. All the presents you got at Christmas were always religiously linked. Always, and you just got a bit fed up with it. In the end, people telling you. To, oh, you've got to meet the Lord. And, you know, I just think, no, I haven't. I'll meet him. If it happens, it happens. You know? Did you grow up saying grace before meals in your house? No, or? we didn't. We didn't. We didn't at all. Because my mother, Roman Catholic, well, she never, she, she wasn't religious at all. My dad had a Bible by his bed. I remember he always had a Bible by his bed. And he, uh, 
I think he he sort of tried. You know what I mean? He thought I'll try and see what they're on about, but he he wasn't have you know he couldn't. Well, do you think swear words are? We can swear on this, can't we? Can't. Of course. Oh yeah, yeah, good. yeah, yeah I'll yeah, do yeah, my it's, Jimmy Savile story. I don't believe like. there's any. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, there's no. Um, to me, there is no word that is offensive purely in its own right. It's always the context. I don't know yeah. any word yes. that, in a certain context, wouldn't be offensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about Jimmy's? I agree. Word? Yeah, it's a true story. I mean, yeah. that's the thing: is uh, comedy. You know, it comes from truth. Mm. I think if anyone, if a comedian's making up stuff, and you just you can sort of tell, can't you, sometimes? They're just making that up. That's for a joke, you know. And it has to come from you, what really happened, what happened. And you make it funny. But it was Kitty again, rang me up, was it three or four years ago when Jimmy Savile was all in the paper? Was it three or four or something? Mm. And she rang me up that night. She said, it's terrible, Dad, isn't it? I said, yeah. I said, you know, I heard quite a few rumours in the 80s and about him being a necrophiliac or a necrophile, is it? Mm-hmm. And uh, and Kitty's bright, she's a bright girl, but she said, she said, and nobody came forward. And I said, well, unless he fucked them back to life again, no. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> and I said, if he had, he'd have been a hero. Mm-hmm. You know, people would be going, oh, oh, can you, my, my wife just died. You don't, do you think you could do something about it, Jimmy? <laughs> oh, God. You know, you're laughing at it, but the bloke basically, he's got away with it, didn't he? The arrogant, horrible. I never liked him, even mm-hmm. with, with Jim of Fix It. You'd watch mm-hmm. it, you see those kids. I never liked the cigar or that image. And that, that ties in with Donald Trump and Boris Johnson. Mm-hmm. There's that, they've got I this facade. Boris Johnson joins the club now, yes. Facade is the, 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 the hair and all that. It's just mm-hmm. a facade. I don't like that. I like real. I want to see, I want to know the real person. Yeah. yeah. Who are real people then? Who would you say in the media you sense is real then? Well, Richard Branson. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They're not. They're not. I was just just, uh, joking there. You're listening to Are You Feeling Funny? I'm Olivia Nixon. We love making this show, so if you love it too, please comment, rate, or subscribe on your podcast provider. Just sharing a link goes a long way. And a tortoise lives much longer than us. Tortoise yeah, outlives his uh, Actually, owners. I'm, I'm quite slow and tortoise-like, mm-hmm. so who knows? I might be around when I'm 100 or something. Get to oh, my God. <laughs> if I can walk and stuff and everything works, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'm, I'm yeah, your, maybe your I'm brand happy. of comedy actually would suit a 100-year-old, you see. Yeah, I'm going to say there, you know? <laughs> Lee Evans. <laughs> Lee Evans is retired, but I think he's coming back again at 45. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that comedy he does, he would have to... That would affect his comedy, surely, as he got older. He might not be fit enough to do yeah. the stuff. It's the same yeah, with Billy Connolly comedy. having the Parkinson's, isn't mm. it, as well? Because mm. his brain's still there, but having the part, and you just think, he's quite excited, isn't mm. he, Billy Connolly? It's, yeah, 
Yeah, I've planned ahead, haven't I? Yeah, you see, you you won't get any. You will still be able to time your yeah, your comic pauses to yeah. perfection as I'm a hundred yards. All, you know, you 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 wait till you see me in ten years' time. Wow. You know. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe it. George Burns nearly did a hundred. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, well, that was the thing about America. It's all right in America if you're old. Yeah. You get more respect than we get here. I mm-hmm. think all we get here is just silly little jokes made I think with the the Red Dwarf thing I, I'm i back in an episode of this new series and uh, there was a clip of me shown and uh, on the Facebook thing you, someone wrote oh he's so old and I didn't reply to it sometimes I you know get back and tell them where to go and, and I just don't I've just learned to get over that now because Every, you know, just, just one sad little git. Well, I love the way that you reframe <laughs> it. What, what is your phrase? The baby face, old baby face? What is the oh, yeah, the, I love uh, that. Uh, yeah, like an old baby. Yeah, yeah I love like that. Baby, I, yeah. I'm a, that's going to be my uh, You're gonna aspiration steal that, now. No, yeah. I won't steal it. I'll just aspire to it. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> well, you said I might be a candidate for a face Yeah, like you, could, you could do it. Well, it, the, I'm sure. Do you look at babies and stuff? Do you, I do, do look get, at babies. I do do that, yeah. Do you get smiles from them? Yes, that is true. Time. They do yeah. find me amusing without because me having done anything particular. You know, sometimes yeah. when you look at kids, they can they can give you a hell of a bad look, can't oh, they? Yes. Says, who the hell are you? Let me just examine your head for the six six six. And especially on the in the tube in London or something, you go. Yeah. It's like I always say: talk to people, be nice to people, help people, because you know. You won't be able to do it when you're dead. It's all over. So well, while, you're al- while, you're al- actually, while you're alive, yeah. just try and do that. That does sound like yeah. a spiritual yeah. message. Uh, yeah, I think I've got. I've improved as I've got older in that respect. Really, I maybe one know. day you'll pick up that Bible that your father left you. And no, <laughs> it's impossible when you some of the bits, the way it's written, the language, and some of you didn't. No, no. no. You see, people say that when you know, some people say they believe in a. God, but not an interventionist God, a personal God that does specific things. But they say when somebody is in an emergency and cries out for God, then they very much cry out for the personal intervening yeah. God. As it well, were. yeah, you just want someone who talks sense and saying, don't rush, you know, there's no point in rushing because you'd be dead. When you're dead, you, you know, it'll be over. You, you know, enjoy the life you've got. And, it, and it, I've got an Albert Einstein thing on my wall where, cut out of him picture of it, and it says there are people that don't I, I can't even say it all probably there are people that don't see the miracles in the world and there are people that do see the miracles in the world Lovely. and I, I really I really believe that I thought that's a wonderful thing to say yeah, yeah, yeah I'd love to have met him it would, it would be great to have met him he must have been amazing some of the stuff you'd hear from him fantastic yeah, sounds almost Proustian, what you say. Proust said, the mystery may not be in travel, but by seeing familiar things in a new way. Yeah. Do you have, last question, and that is, do you have any favorite medical joke that you that involves a doctor or an illness or anything? Well, I did it in the lift, didn't I? Oh, Only. yes. Well, can you do it now? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't think of any. No. Oh, yeah, I got one. I got one. A recent one. This is yeah. recent. I went to the doctors. That sounds like uh, any old comedian from the seventies and stuff, doesn't it? Uh, but I was in doctors, and uh, you get chat. I'm chatting away as usual to a woman there about 
we're talking about comedy and stuff and she Tommy Cooper she said oh I couldn't see anything funny about Tommy Cooper and I looked at her I said is that why you're here to see the doctor today <laughs> I couldn't resist it because I just thought you know come on <laughs> That's a good That's one. That's a true... You know, that happened. That happened, yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to Are You Feeling Funny? A Snipper Nixon production. In this edition, Dr. Brian Kaplan was talking to comedian Norman Lovett. If you've enjoyed this episode, please comment, rate or subscribe on your podcast provider. Just sharing a link goes a long way. Are You Feeling Funny? featured Dr. Brian Kaplan. The comedy consultant was Arnold Brown. Music and sound by Alex Hollingsworth. The producers were Luke and Alan Nixon, and this was a Snipper Nixon production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.